It's time to open up that weekly Peacock and Williamson mailbag. Russell Wilson being benched by the Denver Broncos, still in a playoff race there. And what about Lamar Jackson? Did nobody really want Lamar Jackson this offseason? Might be this year's MVP. All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate all the everydayers out there. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. Uh, as you can probably hear, um, voice a little raspy and a little under the weather here. <laughs> Getting some uh, some hall uh, hall playing injured today yeah? here. Yeah, but you know we're we're fighting through it here. Uh, I'm battling. You're playing a life. road game and you're playing injured. I mean, tough tough stuff here, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, too many too many rugrats with, with the family running around. There's there's bound to be some germs that. Uh, that, that people are catching here. And so I, I think I did catch one of those. I uh, got a little cough going. So I'm going to try to keep the, keep that I'll carry out of the load today, but, dude. Don't yeah, worry. I mean, Just set yeah, me up. Come on. You know, you've been carrying me uh, all year. There's no reason to change that here on <laughs> December 27th as we open up our Wednesday mailbag. Uh, but some breaking news here before we get started with some of the questions. And that is that the Denver Broncos are going to bench. It looks like Russell Wilson and Jared Stidham will be inserted as the starting quarterback. This from Ian Rappaport just before we started recording on this Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Sources, the Broncos are strongly considering having quarterback Russell Wilson sit for the final two games, preserving financial flexibility for the offseason. Wilson has $37 million in 2025 salary that vests as guaranteed, basically, if uh, he's still on the roster in March of 2024, which is coming up in just a few months. And if he suffered a serious injury, it would complicate matters because then you would have injury settlements and you would uh, there's, you know, some some contracts have language that they're guaranteed for injury. But maybe, you know, because when you hear about guarantees, it's not always just 100 percent guaranteed, sometimes guaranteed for injury. So it's looking like Russell Wilson might have that in his contract, which is to say the Denver Broncos are going to cut Russell Wilson and take a cap hit. But get out of that contract before March of 2024. So we have seen the end of Russell Wilson as a Denver Bronco. Yeah, huge news. And I mean, basically it's kind of a balancing act of when do we shut him down so he doesn't get hurt? So all the things you laid out versus when are we still playoff eligible? You know, I mean, if, if you're still in it, you can't put your best quarterback down. And I still think he is that. He had an okay season, not great, not worth the money, not his age. Peyton didn't hand pick him. And speaking of handpicking, let's not forget, I mean, it was like the day or second day of free agency opening. They went out and aggressively added Jared Stidham. You know, I mean, they obviously keyed on him. You know, that's the guy I wanted in free agency. That's the guy I'm after. So 
We'll see. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be the answer next year, but they like him, obviously, and we just haven't seen a lot of them play for the Broncos yet. And we will take a look at the playoff scenarios here coming up after week 16 now, going into week 17, and and where those Denver Broncos are, uh, you know, not in as good of a spot as they were a couple weeks ago when they were really surging as well, which might be a big part of it because now there's, you know, so many teams they'll have to to leak – leapfrog and, and compete with to get into those playoffs. So that's probably part of the scenario as well. It was like, well, we can't really bench Russell Wilson if he's going crazy and we're going to make the playoffs. But, you know, now that we're sub 500, seven and eight sitting here going into week 17, it's the right move for the franchise. And you get a mm-hmm. look, got to have a little look here at the other quarterback too. And, you know, Jarrett Stidham is probably not going to prevent them from adding a quarterback in the draft or right. in the off season. But uh, is your long-term backup? Does he look great? Uh, does he look better than Russell Wilson did? So it'll give you some clues there and I'll give you an opportunity to evaluate Jarrett Stidham. But, you know, the big story here is that Russell Wilson's done with the Denver Broncos. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of market he has after he is cut by the Denver Broncos before March. Yeah, I mean, it's ma- mailbag day and we're getting a lot of questions. And of course, there's quarterback questions, but it looks as though there's going to be another guy on the market. Kind of reminds me of Derek Carr last year with the Raiders. They shut him down at the end of the year knowing they weren't going to bring him back. Coincidentally, I think Jared Stidham took over. <laughs> I mean, did? I, yeah. I, I think that is how that went, I'll come to think of it. Um, so there will be someone on the market that maybe Atlanta or, you know, someone says he's better than what we got. How about this one? Lamar Jackson. And, you know, yeah. w- w- he's playing so well, has the, the Ravens with the best record in the NFL after 16 weeks. And so naturally there are some questions that come about. And one of those from Jared here on Twitter. And Jared says, how far ahead in the NFC South would the Atlanta Falcons be if they had given up two first round picks for Lamar Jackson? It's a bigger conversation than just that, but they would be far ahead. I mean, you wouldn't have Bijan, you wouldn't have next year's first, you know, but so what, you know, I mean, I love Bijan, but I think you'd be way better, obviously with Lamar. Well, especially this year with how much Bijan has been used. It's not like (laughs) he's been used so much that, you know, they would be giving up a ton with, Mm -hmm. with Algier and the way they ran the ball anyway, last year and have run the ball even without uh, Bijan this year, as good as Bijan is. And to really nerd out, if they would have done that, they wouldn't have signed Heineke and that money would have gone to something else. They probably would have had some other piece on the team, whatever, you know. But, I mean, we're not going to go the butterfly effect of all this. Right. So, when that was going on, I was critical of the league, especially Atlanta, especially Washington. Because Washington's first-round pick was until, like, 17, where Atlanta's was at 8 or whatever. So, it was less to give up. But I also think... It's being, there's some revisionist history here. You know, I mean, I've heard a lot of people saying, well, anyone could have had Lamar. No, they couldn't. I mean, Baltimore had to let him go. They had all the power in this. Their negotiations weren't going well. So they wanted the league to negotiate for him. And I heard a cap guy talking about this before, and he laid it out like that. But he also said what the league wasn't excited to do was give Lamar a Watson insane contract. Everyone's good. Everyone gladly pay him market value, but they weren't sure if they wanted to give him the insane contract because frankly, he had a hard time finishing the last couple of years. I mean, I know people forget these things and we hadn't, you know, the Todd Munkin offense has helped him as a passer and all these things. He's having a great year. Not that he wasn't a great player before the season, but I think there was just too many hurdles for other teams to be like, I have to give this guy an insane contract, lose two firsts, waste all my time negotiating with other people 
while the Raiders or Ravens just match it. You know, like it, it, it kind of was a dog and pony show. And Lamar has to want to go there because you're that signing too, right. you're signing Lamar Jackson to a free agent contract. It's not like um, it's not like the Ravens were trying to trade him and you just have to trade for him. You know, so the Ravens didn't want to let him go. Uh, there was a contract dispute there. Lamar with, you know, not having an agent, uh, you know, a, a standard agent changes things with how you know many teams he's talking to, how easy it is to, to, to navigate all of those things. So, you know, a lot of teams can sit there and that a lot of fans can yeah. sit there and say, man, we could have had Lamar Jackson. You probably couldn't have. Is there a scenario where he could have been on another team? I think it's possible, but I think it was just so very unlikely. Mm-hmm. And that's why we saw it play out like that. It's not like nobody wanted Lamar. I think it's more like it was going to be too difficult to get Lamar and everybody knew it. And maybe there were some teams that should have tried harder because maybe it was potentially possible. And maybe Lamar did want to go to a certain team and it would have been worth the two first round picks. And mm-hmm. maybe you could have structured that contract with Lamar in a way that the Baltimore Ravens would not have matched it. But that's all probably maybe not impossible, but very unlikely. So, yeah, one yeah, percent chance. I would yes, say. yeah, exactly. And it's such a busy time of year, you're trying to build your roster. I mean, you can't. That's the other thing is it it would handcuff you to start negotiating him because he's such a huge piece of cap hit. Well, I need to sign a left tackle and a defensive end, and I can't do any of that stuff. And the league is flying by, and everyone's getting signed left and right. Mm-hmm. And we got to sit here and hope for the one percent chance this thing works out with the stud quarterback. Like I don't remember it, what the date was that Lamar actually ended up signing with Baltimore. But if it was uh, the time to do it would have been, OK, after, you know, the first couple of ways of free agency are done. And I know it took a while with Lamar, but if there was an opportunity to do it, it would have been pre-draft and when uh, or even post-draft. But I think Lamar's contract was done before the draft, right? I think so. I think it was done well into free agency because I yeah. remember like Baltimore didn't sign anyone for a while. And right. they, they, they couldn't, they, they couldn't, their money was yeah. kind of frozen. Which is why the other and, teams would not have wanted to do that because that, exactly. that contract would have been held up. But once you did most of your work in free agency, then there would have been an opportunity. And so for t- some teams, maybe the Falcons, whoever it is, it probably would have looked good to at least your fan base to have tried to do that. You know, mm-hmm. we, you know, once your your major lifting is done, it's before the draft, and you know you have that time period where you're probably not going to sign anybody anyway, you, you throw that out there and you sign them to a, a, a sheet, an offer sheet. And it looks good because you tried to do it, even if you last, knew that it was going to get matched. Yeah, yeah. Last time I mean, on that is good. I was, I'm surprised nobody even tried to do that. Yeah, I, I was kind of going to contradict that a little bit, and I don't know this for a fact. And we know he doesn't have an agent, and it's his mom, but they also have lawyers. It's not just mom just looking things up on the internet of how to write a contract, <laughs> you know. So my hunch is, and we know the Ravens Lamar conversations weren't going well. You know, they didn't see this the same way. That's a fact. But I also think it probably worked to the Ravens' advantage of people. Your people can have conversations with whoever in the league. And I'm sure somebody called Mrs. Jackson or the – if you're nasty – and or, or you know, the lawyers or whatever and offered some sort of deal. You're like, let's talk ballpark at least, you know. And yeah. they said, that's about what the Ravens are offering. Maybe we are crazy to ask what we're asking, you know. Mm-hmm. Next – What's going on with the Packers defense? Is that something yeah. that uh, <laughs> I know Matt's getting a lot of questions about that? Because oh. some certain statistics out there about uh, how stark the difference is between their offense right now and what's going on with that Packers defense and playoff scenarios as well coming up next.
Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Game Time. When you download the Game Time app, get $20 off with our promo code. More on that in a moment because Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. It shouldn't be a hassle to buy tickets. That's where Game Time comes in. You should be excited to buy tickets for your next big event. Game Time has killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You can see the view from your seat before you buy. All-in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without those hidden fees. There are zone deals. You pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. So get tickets all the way up to the time that your event starts, and even an hour after the event starts with Game Time. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So do you want to throw the stats out there on this uh on this Packers sure. defense? And, and we do have a question here about the, the Green Bay Packers, and it was from uh JDS. He said, outside of playing those Packers in that defense, uh, is there any positives for Bryce Young right now th- through the end of his rookie season? I'll start with Young, but then there's a lot of Packers talk. Like It's been a brutal year. I had a lot of doubts of him coming out of Alabama. But what I've seen from Young the last two, three weeks, I think is better. I mean, it's not leaps and bounds. I mean, he's not out of the woods. But I do think he and that team as a whole has been better. I mean, the the defense is respectable at this point. The offense has been below average, not putrid. You know, (laughs) and that brings me to this because – I've started this kind of new tradition the last four or five, six weeks or whatever, where I try to think like NFL teams think when they prepare for their opponent. And those teams really focus on the last four weeks. You know, like Steelers Niners doesn't do much for the Niners upcoming opponent or Steelers going to Seattle. And I mentioned that because those are our teams. And that was week one. You know, like the Seahawks aren't studying week one Niners Steelers games as they prepare for Pittsburgh to show up this week. Everyone studies the last four games, and then maybe you go back and, boy, they played a defense just like ours in week nine. Let's see how they attacked it. You know, so the league changes so fast. There's so many injuries, things of that nature, that every Tuesday I've been posting a chart on Twitter at Williamson NFL. Go check it out. And I think it's very indicative of where the league is at this moment, at this second. And the chart is just EPA, offense on the bottom, Defense on the on the the vertical axis. I'm by no means a mathematician, and I just throw it out there. The last four weeks, I'm, I don't say here's your team. Aha, you stink. Blah 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 blah. So some things of note on that chart: San Francisco's far and away the top offense. The Chargers far and away the worst offense. The Jets are behind them. Two of the top defenses nobody would think about. There are actually three of them are the Raiders, Bears, and Falcons. They've been playing really good defense over the last four weeks. Some of the worst defenses, the Eagles are down there. People wouldn't think about that. But by far, and I commend Packers fans because you guys are passionate, the Packers uh, unsolicited got me a 1,000 questions, a 1,000 Joe Barry should get fired, a 100 Jordan Love should be MVPs. Because when you look at this chart, The Packers are the second best offense behind the Niners over the last four weeks and dead last defensively. 
surprisingly, Seattle's actually right next to them. And Seattle fans didn't seem to get their panties in a bunch about it. But Green Bay fans, it's kind of like the Matt Canada offensive coordinator trigger. They hate Joe Barry. I mean, to no end. And uh, we always talk about this. They use a first-round pick every year on defense. And this chart is pretty alarming because they are very, very far right as a great offense and dead last in defense over the last four weeks. <laughs> and when you visualize it too, uh, it's just yeah, it's hard. It's clear, and it's, it's been obvious, and it's been obvious for a long times, and, and for a long time, and uh, and and, and Lafleur and you know management with the Green Bay Packers have not wanted to make a change at defensive coordinator, but it's been pretty obvious and. For for a while, uh, this isn't a new thing for for those Packers. Um, it seems to be getting worse. And Matt Lafleur even uh, talked about having more uh, more of a hand in the in the defense over the course of the week and in, in preparation for the last few games. And that hasn't helped either. And, and so there's a big problem with how much talent is on that Packers defense and the way they're playing right now. And they seem to be getting worse. And at some point, I don't know what you're doing if you're the Packers, if you're not trying to make that better. And it would seem that, um, you know, a new defensive coordinator is necessary and it's it's near 100% certainty it's going to happen in the offseason, but it probably should have happened at some point during the season. And, you know, you cover a team that made an, a coordinator change. We saw how the Bills offense did get better and it's looking like it was the right call to change offensive coordinators there. The Pittsburgh Steelers, and you can speak to that. What happened after they changed offensive coordinators when, you know, the, the, the fan bases had pitch pitchforks out and wanted that change for a long time. Uh, we've seen the Packers not make that change, even though those fans have had the pitch pitchforks out for a long time. And it would seem that maybe they should have made the change. And you cover a team that did make that change. Mm -hmm. did, it, did it help? Was it necessary? Even if it doesn't help, do you have to make the change because you're trying? Well, I mean, the Steelers and Packers have some similarities in terms of they kind of move like glaciers. You know, I mean, they're, they're an old school teams, obviously. Green Bay doesn't even have an owner. You know, I mean, so th that'll complicate some things, too. Like, you got to run these things by ownership or not just firing a guy midseason. The Steelers hadn't let go of a coordinator, I think, in like 50 years. I mean, like, they just don't ever do that in midseason. They don't make midseason coaching changes. So, for Pittsburgh, the, the game after firing Canada – was the first time they hit 400 yards in an eternity, you know, and it was their best offensive game of the season, best offensive game in a couple of years by a long shot. And then this past week without Canada was the next best, or, you know, they beat Cincinnati handily and the offense was very, very capable, but they also had a three game losing streak in there to the Cardinals Patriots and at home and the Colts, which was like the three, uh, three game stretch that was as bad as any in Steeler history in terms of like point spreads and all those things. So is it all Matt Canada's fault? Of course not. Is it all Joe Barry's fault? I mean, I phrased that yes. wrong. Yes. If you're to make a sit, which I mean, it might all be his fault. It might all have been Canada's fault from the beginning, but when you make a switch mid season, you can't just write a new offense. I mean, you still have to run the the play. You have to still run. The playbook remains the same. You can't yeah. install a new offense. You can't be like, let's take the Wayback Machine to minicamp and put in the West Coast offense or Shanahan's offense. You know, you still got to finish the season with the cards you're dealt. Right. You, you can make a few different calls for what's already in the mm -hmm. playbook. You can game plan a little differently and have different ideas there. You can install a couple of things, you know, every yeah. week maybe, but you're not putting in an entire new offense. Obviously, your play sequencing is different. You know, the way mm -hmm. you prepare during the week is different. 
and that has some ramifications, but you're still living with the same playbook, the same, you know, offense, the same defense. You know, I describe this a lot, obviously, during the Canada stuff is maybe you take a chapter of the of the playbook and you throw it in the fire. Like, I'm done with this nonsense. It says, <laughs> yeah, we got to stop running. Uh, <laughs> right. Cover three because we don't do it well and we're getting toasted jet on this. Jet sweeps for the Steelers yeah. or what? I mean, enough jet sweeps. You know, we can throw those away or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, you know, they were the example. The Steelers were the lowest team in the league in play action. Can we bump that up 3% at least? You know, I mean, a little bit of those type of things you can tweak. But the route concepts and the verbiage are all the same until the offseason. We've got a few more questions here. Uh, one I want to get to you about um, some what ifs with this season. And how about Baker Mayfield and those Tampa Bay Buccaneers playoff scenarios as well next? Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. The easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. And it's just you against the numbers at prize picks. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and maybe some sharks in the pool as well, you pick more or less than uh, on, on. So prize picks put the projections out there, and then you're just playing against those projections, more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch those winnings roll in. You could turn 10 bucks into 250 bucks, up to 25 times your money this football season and basketball season and baseball season playing price picks and speaking of basketball season right now there's combo projections as well specifically designed for uh combining one football one basketball maybe a couple of football a couple of basketball uh stat projections into one play so for example lebron james plus travis kelsey 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions super fun super easy at price picks and have a whole bunch of fun while you're doing it. And all you got to do is go to pricepicks.com slash NFL or download the app and use our code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That is pricepicks.com slash NFL Promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price picks daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Baker Mayfield. Is he going to get paid now? Has he put himself into, as Michael puts it, the Daniel Jones contract area. Could he get more than that? Or is Baker Mayfield maybe going to uh, be in a situation where he plays on a different team and has a bidding war for his services? Or do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sit there and say, well, hey, we found ourselves our guy. He's playing well here. So why would we change this? Let's give him that Daniel Jones contract. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to look at the Daniel Jones contract and Baker's contract. So I looked at that real quick. And right now, which – isn't all that important because he's out, obviously outplaying this. He got four million this year plus two point eight bonus. You know, so a, a low deal. I mean, like oh, yeah. it's backup money. That's backup money. I mean, that's backup veteran backup money. That's that's less than Mitch Trubisky, I think. I mean, like that's the kind of neighborhood he was keeping there. Um, but they're probably going to win this, the playoffs. They're probably going to win the division and go to the playoffs. And he's worth more than he's getting. Um, I also think that hurts Tampa's ability to add a quarterback, but I think that they should strongly consider bringing Mayfield back and drafting someone. But I looked at the Daniel Jones contract and I know there are some outs and whatnot, but it was four years, 160 million, 92 million guaranteed, which is a far cry from 4 million, one year, 2.8 signing bonus, you know, like, <laughs> I don't think you have to offer Baker that deal to keep him. Like, would he do? I think it's like the Geno Smith deal. Would he do thirty-two million over two years, guaranteed? 
now you're talking, you know? Well, Baker Mayfield is putting together a better season than Daniel Jones did when he got that contract. Agreed. Agreed. I would put. Doesn't Baker make Mayfield, it right. Yeah, we didn't like it at the time either. This yeah. isn't revisionist about the Daniel Jones stuff. Um, and, <clears throat> excuse me, Baker Mayfield is, uh, uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield is a better player, period, I think. If we were drafting quarterbacks to play a season for our teams, mm-hmm. we would pick Baker Mayfield before Daniel Jones, right? Yes. I mean, okay, he'd be closer so, to Geno, but. Right. Yeah and, yeah, and Gino's contract's not far off from where Daniel Jones' contract was either. So I think I think mm-hmm. that's where Baker Mayfield put himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking like two years, forty million, something like that. You know? and, and it'll be it'll be two years, forty, but there'll be more years. But there'll be like the mm-hmm. Jones, like the Geno Smith contract. There'll be a way out after two years because those are essentially two year contracts with more years at the end. And I, that's probably what it'll end up looking like for Baker Mayfield. So usually that's what happens in free agency too. You think, okay, it'll probably be this. Well, it's like, well, it's, it's bloated. It looks like it's twice that big, but it actually is a two year deal that they can get out yeah. of. And so that's probably where Baker Mayfield will get. So my answer is probably yes, he'll get that Geno Smith, Daniel Jones deal. And I think he's, that's what he's earned this year. The only thing I'll fight him on is, Daniel Jones got 92 million guaranteed. Like Baker Mayfield's not getting 92 million guaranteed. And to bring it from full 40. circle, I, I don't know what those exact are. They, is that hundred percent guaranteed? Is it guaranteed for injury? Much like the Russell yeah. Wilson thing. So, you know, next March when they cut Daniel Jones, they're doing it because so not get that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's actually that not guaranteed. Foggy. It's only guaranteed for certain things and it's only guaranteed mm-hmm. uh, on certain dates and, and those types of things so i would have to look deeper into that daniel jones contract but i have a feeling all that 92 is not 100 guaranteed I, I do know that there are some outs for the giants it's not as restrictive as you might think um the other thing i would say about mayfield is i think incentives might be important too you know like if we go to the playoffs over the stint here you get this big chunk or Playing time. I mean, if they happen to draft some whiz kid and he goes down to 30% playing time, well, then he doesn't get his bonus, you know. Let's wrap this up with a couple more quick questions here. Uh, a good one from Joey Bag of Donuts, who always brings it every single week. He says, a uh, couple what ifs. Would the Colts be doing this well with Anthony Richardson? And how about those Browns? Would they be doing this with Watson? Are they better off with Flacco than they were with Deshaun Watson playing quarterback? I'm going to say yes on the Colts, assuming health. I mean, we know he didn't finish games, and assuming he played 80 90% of the snaps, I'm not saying he has to be. It's different. It would look different. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Gardner Minshew isn't playing so great that Anthony Richardson couldn't have, you know, developed into – playing this well and yeah. i think shane steichen's a really good coach and would have figured things out with anthony richardson uh and and that would have been a lot of fun to see and there's potential that they could be even playing better you know would it be look like a cj stroud texan situation i don't know about that but i don't i i would project it to not be worse necessarily than it is even if it looked a little different and my thoughts on the colts are similar in that you know the the, the obvious argument with veteran versus rookie is well the rookie would make a lot more mistakes well, Minshew makes a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I mean, like he's not exactly a close to the vest, boring type quarterback. So maybe it would be similar in the mistake world. I'm certain the big plays would be greater with Richardson. My hunch is he would be harder to play against for opposing defenses. Mm-hmm. And you got to remember, that's a very smart coaching staff that spent the whole easy, their whole offseason preparing for Richardson, not Minshew. You know, so right. there's a lot of stuff they can't do that they wanted to. As for the Browns, 
I, I'm out on Watson. I mean, maybe this Flacco thing's a flash in the pan, but it's clearly the best quarterback play they've gotten from Watson or anyone this year. So it, I can't say it would be as good. Yeah, uh, the way I'd put it is it's hard to imagine that, at least statistically, and look, wins and losses too, that it'd be better with Watson than what's going right. on with Flacco because he's playing so great. And, you know, uh, he's he's had a few interceptions here and there, but he's putting up 300 yards a game, and uh, you'd be pretty happy with that from Watson. So, yeah, I don't think it would be any better with Watson. So we opened the show with Russell Wilson's contract. We just talked quarterback contracts, talking Flacco. This is like the first conversation I want to have when the Browns are released is who's the starting quarterback next year? I mean, like you almost have to give Joe a contract, right? But you're so married to Watson. I mean, what if you win a playoff game with Flacco? I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you that whole conversation is a whole podcast. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll have that conversation for sure when uh, when the Browns are eliminated and uh, I, and they don't have as easy of an out as you know Daniel Jones, Geno Smith. Oh no, and they don't have that with Watson in that contract with the Browns. He's a sixty three million dollar cap hit next year and the year after, <laughs> and you gave up all these first round picks for him. Like you're married to the guy, and he's not your best player. Uh, last one here quickly of the in the hunt teams. This one from Devo on Twitter. Who do you least want to make the playoffs in each conference? Um, I don't want to see the Vikings. I don't want to see anybody extra in the NFC South. I do want to see the Rams. I do want to see Seattle. I'd be fine with Green Bay. I mean, I, I the offense, oh, by the way, is the youngest in the league. I mean, and it's excelling, and the defense is a disaster. Um, in the AFC, I'll exclude the Steelers for personal reasons, but I'm sure they're not high on anyone's list. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll answer that one. I don't want to see yeah. the Steelers. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> Buffalo's an obvious one, and you know they're not guaranteed a spot, but I'm glad kind of Denver's out of it. Buffalo um, backed up back up to the sixth seed now this week uh, after yeah, a winning streak, nine and six record. They're they're going to be in, and, and uh, they're going to be tough to deal with. And they're they have potential playing those. They win it all. The Dolphins have the Ravens this week and then the Bills next week. So they could they could still win the division. So who would assuming the Browns go, assuming the Bills go, that leaves one spot. Nobody wants to see the Steelers. I'm not real psyched about the Colts. I'm not real psyched about anybody else in the South who ever doesn't win it. Um the, uh, the Raiders are on. Raiders are chippy. I don't want to see them in the playoffs. Don't want to see they, the Broncos. They need the like playoffs. a million things to happen right. for them to even get into. So you know? I would love to see a healthy CJ Stroud. That would be my choice. Okay, that's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. get back and playing well and healthy Lawrence, healthy Stroud from the right. South. Somebody wins it, and yeah, that makes sense. Yes, that, that would be the most fun, for sure. All right, thanks, everybody, for all your questions. Apologies to those that we did not get to. We appreciate all the questions we get every week from all the everydayers out there. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Matt and I are back tomorrow. We're starting to make picks. We're already at week 17. Talk to you then right here. Peacock and Williamson.